This week, the narratives will bring you something spooky. Not really... Not really spooky. I mean, I know nothing about this, so it might be the spookiest boy that ever spooked. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't know. I don't. No. All I know is alchemy. Yay. And we didn't hint at this one, which was an unfortunate. It would have been great to hint at it last time. I could This next f- guy is alchemy. I literally just learned who this guy is a second ago, and I yeah. only know his name. That's how much communication goes on between us. Yeah, we used to have a system, and now it's like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone doesn't like to mention anything about who. You haven't done it in a long time, so you better hint at this next guy and then I add will. to this podcast or else. I already have a guy. Oh, you better. He's in the back. He's chained up. Why? Because he got comfy. So you're listening to the narratives on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play, and you are checking us out for some new content. You better be, or and else don't you're forget really to confused. Check us out on Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, or Instagram at the narratives. Yeah, hit us up on medias that Hopefully are social. You can spell them. Yeah. So who's Nick Flamel? Well, Nicholas Flamel is believed to be the only alchemist who have ever experienced. Um, no, that's not the right word. Who's ever? Um, what is the right word? I don't know, because you haven't said the right word. <laughs> invented, um, witnessed. What is he most well known for? For, uh, the alchemy of the immortality in the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, okay. He's believed to be the only one who's ever actually achieved immortality. Immortality? So yeah. People think he's well, still alive. People do think he's still alive. Huh. Yep. That seems dumb, but all right. Well, you'll, I know we'll nothing see. about it, so it might be very yeah. compelling evidence. Yeah, it might just be. It's very interesting. It makes you go. Hmm. Things that make you go. Hmm. Yeah, he's a a pretty interesting dude, and then not a lot of people know about him because he's just like a out of the covered up kind of. Well, now that know. we're talking about him, I remember him in uh, As Above, So Below is a movie about the Philosopher's Stone. Hmm. And I remember him in The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I want to say. He's brought up. I don't know, man. I know. He's very well known in anyone who's like the magic circles, I guess. I (laughs) I am a big magic circle. Yeah. So, um, Nicolas Flamel, he's a French man who was born in Paris around um, Mm. 1340, and he died March 22nd, 1418. 1340, Paris. He was a French scribe and a manuscript seller, so he had his own bookshelf, or... He didn't have his own bookshelf. Nice. Bookshop. He was the richest man yeah. in town with one bookshelf. He's got it. He's also got a bookshop oh. with many more bookshelves. Wow. Yeah. Neat. So after his death, he he um he really boomed as the his reputation. Oh my God, his reputation boomed. And basically, after he died because of this evidence, they believed he was the only alchemist to have ever discovered. Immortality in the Philosopher's Stone. So they found his corpse. Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> You're skipping ahead. I have These legendary accounts first appeared in the 17th century. So like a little while after he died. And they were like, that guy looks like Nick Flamel. Yeah. And it was just you'll like you'll a, see why. A cat with a mouse. No. <laughs> yeah, it's him. Uh, so according to some texts that were written back in the day, um, Flamel wrote himself. He was. Uh, what? Oh, Flamel wrote himself. I thought you said text yeah. Flamel wrote to himself. Yeah, they're they're ascribed to him about two hundred years after his death. He uh, it says that he had learned the alchemical secrets from a Jewish converso on the road to Santiago de Compostela 
Spanish place. San Diego? As Deborah put it, uh, Deborah Harkness put it, sorry. As, Deb- <laughs> As Deborah put it, you know Deborah. Deborah Harkness, it must have been like a historian or something. Others thought Flamel was the creation of 17th century editors and publishers to spread to produce modern printed editions of supposedly ancient alchemical treatises, then circulating in manuscript for an avid reading public. So in English, he, he fake, but he, he not though. All right, he real. So th- th- this is it's kind of like um, you know how back in the day they didn't know who um, who's that one guy who killed all the women. A lot of people done that throughout the, history. The, the really famous one. The, Again, a lot of people. Holy fuck! No, the one guy in Europe who killed like a bunch Albert of women. Fish. No, no, he killed men anyway. in like the 1600s. Um, the one murderer? Polio? No. I don't know. Oh my god, look at the books. Jack right the Ripper? To... Yes, Jack the Ripper. How did you forget his name? How did you? You didn't know who he was talking about. You should have You're said... equal blame. Oh, he killed right. all the women, Jack the Ripper. In 17th, 16th century Europe. So many people have killed all the women. Yo, Jack the Ripper did most... You know, anyway, Jack the Ripper, they don't know who he was or whether it was actually just conjecture or not, right? Yeah. They don't, because there's some guy who wrote this account being like, I'm Jack the Ripper, but then another one wrote like, I'm Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and then one guy claims that H.H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper at the same time, which is, like, impossible. So if you ask me, if he really did discover the immortality, 200 years later, he wouldn't be like, I discovered immortality. Yeah, if you... It doesn't make any sense. Why would you be, like, leaving, like, cute little notes? Like, I yeah. did it. Fuck you. Bye. No. Whee. But the compelling evidence comes later. So, Nicholas Flamel lived in Paris in the 14th and 15th century, and his life is one of the best documented on uh, the history of medieval alchemy. Because most of the people who did medieval alchemy either just, like, exploded themselves. Yeah. Or, out of, I don't know. I feel like they just, like, made mustard gas at day one. Yeah. Like, Let's see what these two will do. Ammonia and bleach. Bleach. Death. Yeah, it's not good. But then a lot of them just never really did anything. But yeah, it's really cool because you have to thank alchemy for science, which is because alchemy was basically like the first people actually trying to practice some kind of science. Yeah, they're like, well, they did it wrong. Do it, but some of them did it wrong. Some of them did it right, actually. Did Flamel do it right? He might have. Let's read. Let's keep reading. Let's keep going. You might know later. So he uh, he had two shops basically as described. And he married Perinella in 1968. Perinella? Perinella? I don't know. Perinella. Perinella. Perinella? <laughs> Sounds like ice cream. P-E-R-E-N-E-L-L-E. Perinella. Perinella. Yeah, I don't know. Perinella. She bought the wealth. Uh, she brought the wealth of two previous husbands to the marriage. Oh, what a salute. Mm-hmm. The French Catholic couple owned several properties and contributed financially to churches, sometimes by commissioning sculptures. Later in life, they were noted for their wealth and philanthropy. So they're good guys. So back around. then, was it like having more than one wife, like scandalous? I know they weren't at the same time. They were buried away back then. Oh, were they just like all my husbands died due to boredom? Yep. And then <laughs> she didn't actually get married away to Nicholas Flamel, which is kind of neat. Huh? And they just kind of like eloped, I guess. I don't know. That's had to be what happened. Yeah. So he uh, Flamel lived into his eighties, as it's historically known. And in 1410, he designed his own tombstone, which was carved with the images of Christ, St. Peter, and St. Paul. The tombstone tombstone is preserved at Moussy de Cluny in Paris, 
Records show that Flamel died in 1418. Yeah. He was buried in Paris at the end of the nave at the former church of saint Jacques de la Bouchere. His will, dated 22nd November 1416, indicates that he was generous, but that he did not have the extraordinary wealth of later alchemical legend. There's no indication that the real Flamel of history was involved in alchemy, pharmacy, or medicine. The the real Flamel of history? Yeah. So he was a real person. There's, we're getting into it. What does that even mean? was a real person, and he may have dabbled in alchemy, but his reputation as an author and a mortal adept um, must oh. be accepted as an invention of the 17th century. So some people think that Nick Flamel was like a pen name. Uh, some people. And that he was just like a series of different people? Yeah. But then there's oh. there's other some some different stuff here. So uh, his house is one of his houses still stands actually, um, at fifty one Rue de Montmorency. It's the oldest stone house in the city. Whoa! Actually, of Paris. Yeah. Wow. So uh, there's an old inscription on the wall which states, "We plowmen and women living at the porch of the house built in fourteen o seven are requested to say every day an Our Father and an Ave Maria, praying God that His grace forgive poor and dead sinners." Imagine Paris has a lot of religious iconography. Yeah. All the ground the floor, uh, it contains a restaurant now. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's just a restaurant. It's kind of like the weird. The top floor is just like a thing, I guess. Isn't, mm-hmm. it, his, isn't it his grave? I, no. Oh, I, I thought they were like... Well, the Paris Street here. near Louvre Museum, the Rue, de, uh, the Rue Nicolas Flamel, has been named after him. I it could intersects tell. with Rue Pernelli, named after his wife, which is kind of neat. Rue? Yeah. Like uh, Avenue. Like a rue. That's like a road. I'm just saying there's a name for a woman. Rue Pennell. It would be a new, 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 new name. What was that? It would be a neat new name. <laughs> It'd be a, a neat, neat new name. Neat new name. Yeah. So his, that basically it's called the, the Flamel restaurant or something. They, sell, they serve a bunch of old, um, old food, really. <laughs> what? Not, not, I'm just like, hey, it's been sitting up back for a couple of days. Here's your old kinda, food. No, like... 16th century dishes and stuff. And look, here's bread oh, baked in like the traditional style. Here's your rock soup. Yes. <laughs> it's good. Yay. And they have other stuff like lasagna. And stone soup. Which is a lot different century. than rock soup in flavor yeah. and texture. So his posthumous reputation as an alchemist. Huh. Legendary accounts of Flamel's life are based on 17th century works, primarily Livre de Figurie, Hieroglyphiki. Hieroglyphiki? The essence of his reputation. <laughs> Shut up, that's what it says. I'm not. Uh, our claims that he you. succeeded at the two goals of alchemy that one, he made the Philosopher's Stone, and two, he was able to turn base metals into gold. Yeah, that's the He's only the thing legendary I really know alchemist. Is base metals into gold. And what is the. Supposed properties of this philosopher's stone. It's unknown. Oh? Yeah, nobody knows what it would ever have been made of. No, I mean, what does it do? Oh, the philosopher's stone allows you to, well, one, turn base metals into gold, and also make the elixir of immortality. That's it? It does a couple other things, I imagine. Well, got but that's like the... Uh, fuck, if it's, you want it. It's dumb. It's supposed to be like um, transmutation, so um, the... Energy of one object turns into another energy of another object, and it's the catalyst, supposedly. So, like, I could say, um, the way it's explained is, like, a pile of dirt, like, 300 pounds of dirt could turn into, like, one handful of coal. Huh. If it's so long as, like, the math comes out properly. Huh, So, like, you could permutate anything into a different thing. So then I'm just like, shazam, and there's gold. There's actually math involved. Yeah, it's like, actually, it balances out the equation. So mathematics works, but the physics don't. 
So equal weight, I guess? It's equal energy mass. You know, E equals MC squared. Mm -hmm. It's basically that before E equals MC squared. Huh. Because energy of the object is equal to the mass and whatever. So if you had the same mass and charge and, and the whatever, there's got the equal energy. It's Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So that stone is a belief to be able to, I don't know, like, do, 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 work do, do, chew? It, to work it out, I guess. I, I prefer the do 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 chew to do some stuff. So, like, uh, one belief is that if you have the stone, then you can do the same thing to your body. You can use oh, the what? energy to like create a newer version of yourself. So I can like turn into a baby if I'm weigh as much as a baby. I, I, it's weird like that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's not baby man. It's it's strange, for sure. It's it's hard to get it. That's a good retirement plan. Just being a baby. Yeah. But they, they believe that he achieved these two. Um, an alchemical book published in Paris in 1612, and Livre de Figure Highly Hey, we're going to get him wrong. And in London, uh, 1624, as Exposition of the Hieroglyphical Figures was attributed to Philomel. It is a collection of designs purported. Uh, Purportedly commissioned by Flamel. Purportedly commissioned. For a, a tympanum. I don't know what that is. A tympanum? It's a building? Yeah, it's like a... I imagine it's a, like a big fancy building with like... A tympanum. Columns and stuff. Tympanum. There's a column in it. Yeah. And you go and look at the column. At the Cimentary de Innocence in Paris. Long disappeared at the time the work was published. Huh. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just, in case people miss that, because it was a little bit weird. It is a collection of designs purportedly commissioned by Flamel for a tympanum in Paris, long disappeared at the time the work was published. Oh, okay. So, so like a big, like a museum for all this It's kind of weird because it was, like not a lot of people would have known about it, but it was published. Yeah. Yeah, okay. About it. So that's like one of the weird things. You want to go through his life, like chronologically? Instead uh, of it's it's really hard to do that. Okay. <laughs> Most of this stuff happened after his death, and it's, which leaves way less credibility. But it's up to you. I mean, I'm not saying this is true or not. If it was, then good for you, Flamel. If you're listening, nice job. That's a weird choice, Flamel. You did a good job. Also, share and and have fun, I guess. <laughs> share and have fun. Yeah. That's sure. your message to the world. That's my message to the one in the world. Tell me why so. Shall have fun. Just shall have fun. <laughs> it's good time. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, according to um, uh, Publisher's Introduction, Flamel's search was for the Philosopher's Stone. It was uh, described in this Publisher's Introduction. It was uh, Flamel had made his life's work to understand the text of a mysterious 21 page book he had purchased. The introduction claims that around 1378, he traveled to Spain for assistance with translation. On the way back, he reported that he met a sage who identified some uh, Flamel's book as being a copy of the original book of Abremlin, the mage. They actually, uh, when they got on hands of the book, they blew off all the dust off the cover, and it actually read uh, Geronimo Stilton's Big Adventure, the first book. Yeah, they're like, oh, look at that. <laughs> it really took a while to figure that one out. A very complex plot in the first <laughs> Geronimo Stilton book. With this knowledge, uh, it's fucking just like a bunch of symbols and spells. How to summon Satan. <laughs> like, you imagine remember? opening Geronimo Stilton that's like, Ora homnele, orchkana, The end. <laughs> what? 
Yo, Geronimo. The reader level says beginner. <laughs> what is it? It's these... expert level 23. <laughs> it's like a God level. 23 page book, but the font is like 1.5. Yeah. Uh, so with this knowledge, over the next few years, Flamel and his wife allegedly decoded enough of the book to successfully re- replicate its recipe for the Philosopher's Stone. You put a little bit of onion? Silver in 1382, and then gold. Oh. In addition, Flamel is said to have studied some texts in Hebrew. Oh. The validity of his story was oh. first questioned hey. in 1761. What? It scared me, man. Why? The validity was first questioned. <laughs> the validity! You're so was first excited. questioned in 1761 by Etain Villain. Oh. <laughs> it sounds fake, but that's his name. Etain Villain. He claimed that the source of the Flamel legend was P. Arnold de la Chevalier. What do you think the P stood for? Publisher of Exposition oh. of the Hieroglyphical Figures. <laughs> okay, that's what the P stood the book, for. Uh, under the pseudonym Eranius Orandus. That's a bad synonym. Yeah. Other or... writers have defended the legendary account of Flamel's life which has been embellished by stories of sightings in the 17th and 18th centuries. Yeah. I expended in fictitious works ever since. Conspiracy theorists do this all the time. Yeah. Like People Magazine all the time. Like, is this John Bonet? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people do that shit. Someone's Flamel just... had achieved legendary status with the circles of alchemy by mid-17th century, with references in Isaac Newton's journal to the Catechus, uh, the Dragons of Flamel. Interest Yo. in Flamel revived in the 19th century. Victor Hugo mentioned him in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Really? Eric Satay was intrigued by Flamel. And Albert Peake makes reference to Nicholas Flamel in his book, Morals and Dogma of the Scottish Rite and so, Freemasonry. So this Eric guy was just like, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. That's all? <laughs> There's no yeah. one there. <laughs> Why was he in that list? Eric Satie, a French composer and pianist. Oh, Okay, that uh, provides... His work as a persecutor, uh, minimalism, like, surrealism... He met a guy named Eric who was like, interesting, bye. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a nice guy, though. It's a pretty cool dude. Uh, uh, we need more of those fans. Yeah. I'm interested. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and Albert Pike, who make references to Nicholas Flamel in his book, Morals and Dogma of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Hmm. Flamel's reputation as an alchemist was further bolstered in the late 20th century by his depiction as the creator of the eponymous alchemical substance in the best-selling novel Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, that's what I figured. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that one. Uh, in pop culture, Nicholas Flamel has been portrayed in pop culture as a legendary figure who holds the key to immortality, the Philosopher's Stone. Ooh. For example, in Victor Hugo's 1931, er, 1831 Notre Dame in the Paris... The tragic main character, Claude Froyo, is a young priest and alchemist who spends much of his time studying in the carvings of Les Innocents, trying to fathom Flamel's secrets. Into the 21st century's works are the Harry Potter, um, As Above, So Below. Yes, As Above, So Below. The Da Vinci Code, Full Metal Alchemist, The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel, uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Oh, that's the new one coming out soon. Mm-hmm. It looks like they took off the thing that I was really interested in talking about, which is really interesting. Hmm. Hmm. You want to talk more about alchemy itself? I would. So here's where the credibility actually comes from. In about 17th century, someone was like, hmm, well, this guy was, apparently, he had this book, and if he had this book, then he might have been an alchemist. I'm interested. I'm interested. So what he did is he went to his grave, and he was like, hmm, interesting. He's got a grave. And obviously, he's... (laughs) 
I want to see you be a detective. <laughs> You're just at the scene of a crime. Interesting. There was a crime. He's got a grave, and, and he's like, well, if he's got a grave, then obviously he's not an immortal. And he's like, well, I don't know. I've got a hunch. And so he opens it up, and there's nothing inside. Perhaps the family buried the body somewhere else, and that was just like there a was monument no family. to... What? Yeah, he didn't really have any family. Would he just appeared? He was just like there. He was like, hi, and then bye. He didn't have any kids. So God went, no. shazam, and made... I don't know. Where's his mom and dad? They would have died a long time ago. Hmm. He made it to the age of 80. Holy shit. Which was back then? I know, that's why I said holy shit, yeah. holy guacamole in my holy 80s, yeah. a lot of old. So the the main thing behind that is that if he is assumed to have faked his death and just went into hiding ever since with his wife. Huh. Because the same thing, his wife's grave was empty too. They were buried next to each other. Hadn't been checked since the burial date. Or some grave robber just wanted to... All of it. Deriability of being like, I got Nick's bones. Gonna make a xylophone with the bones. You think people are just like, I got Nick's bones? Look at me. I got Nick's bones. Wouldn't surprise me. Like, that's Maybe like the bunch equivalent of, of going to like, I don't know, JFK's memorial and taking his bones and being like, look, I got JFK's bones. Hmm. The skull's kind of messed up, but I got the rest <laughs> of them. <laughs> I said it's a shaker now. That's my margarita, margarita shaker. <laughs> That'd be kind of lit, actually. I use Pouring him, like, out of JFK's mouth. That's yeah. We do not condone using JFK as a margarita shaker, but... We do, though. It's kind of neat to think it's about. It's kind of funny. But, yeah. I I was actually very curious about his story a while ago, and it turns out they've taken that whole, whole thing Yeah, off. yeah, you're out of material here, buddy. Yeah, I was going to tell you about um, how... That, that, well, I mean, I basically did tell you about it. Well, since it. we're halfway through the episode, let's plug our sponsors. Yeah, look at them. One of our sponsors for this this week's episode is Robot 80s, as always. This week. Uh, as, as always, like we do every week. Every week. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go check out Robot 80s if you have any at all interest in 80s life, pop culture, awesome old movies like Weekend at Bernie's, all the best 80s films. Uh, maybe Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for him, I don't know why you would be, but you could find them maybe. Email Rob, tell him you <laughs> like the show, and I will give you a thumb up. That's One it? thumb up. Yep. Oh, nice. So go go check out robboat80s.com, please. And if you guys like art, there's one place that's got the art for you. The Bow Valley Museum in Calgary. Go on down to the Bow Valley the, Museum. No, we're not sponsored by the Bow Valley. Oh, it's actually Kelsey Robinson. Oh, totally right. not scripted advertisement. You are right, Brendan. No, it's Kelsey Robinson. Kelsey Robinson. Kelsey Robinson has some great, great art. You can check her out on Instagram. She's got all her art out there, and she actually does commissions. All you have to do is ask her, and she will organize some stuff for you. And if you want to be sponsored on the show, you want to make a little like deal with us or something, message us on any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. For once, someone. And we will respond. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be sponsored on the show, let us know. If you got something, we'll be like, Don't message us like, lol, hashtag, the nipple fund. That's my sponsorship. Really? Unless the nipple fund actually does want to sponsor us, because I'll, I'll be a part of that. You'll do one of the nipple funds? And now back to... Well, you, uh, Kelsey Robinson, you got to check her out at uh, Robinson K underscore art. Robinson dot K underscore art. It's that one. On Instagram. 
that's where it all is. You can send her messages there, and she will organize some stuff for you. She'll print some stuff out. She will do commissions, and she will frame it for you and send it away. And now back to alchemy. So uh, we mentioned on this, this is some interesting stuff. We we talked about the book of Abermel and the Mage. So maybe people are like... Hmm. I'm confused. I don't even know what that is. Is Who's it a grimoire? Is that a book? It's a book. It's a book. Hmm. So we're going to talk about Abermelon. <laughs> Uh, Watermelon? No. Abramelon. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Abra. Good melon. Yeah, Abramelon. <laughs> it's, it's a story of an Egyptian <laughs> mage whose uh, name, Abraham, is pronounced Abramelon. You mean Abraham? No, nah, is named Abraham. The proper pronunciation is after Abramelon. Oh, okay. Yeah, who taught a system of magic to Abraham of Worms, a Jew in Worms, Germany. Um... Who presumed to have lived from 1362 to 1458. A Jew in Worms, Germany? You've never heard of that? Is this a location or yes. is this a... Worms, Germany. Okay. What'd you... Whoa. What'd you think? It's like, don't you be anti-Semitic, please. What? No. Jew Worms in Germany. No. It's a like, Jew hey. in Worms, Germany. <laughs> no. The system of magic from this book regained popularity from the 19th and the 20th century, partly due to Samuel Lindell's McGregor Martham's translation, The Book of the Sacred Magic of Abramelin the Mage, and partly to its importance with the Hermetic Order of the, the Golden, Golden Dawn. Dawn. Yeah! And later within the mythical, uh, mystical system of Thelema, which was created in 1904 by Alistair, Alistair Crowley. Crowley. Remember the Thelemites? Mm. Mathers used the latest... Mathers? Mathers, oh, the I... translator. Mathers. Oh, I just want to give Mathers, that dude a Mathers. wedgie. Used the least reliable manuscript copy as a basis for his translation. <laughs> the least reliable? <laughs> when you use like... Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used the least reliable... Manuscript as a basis for his translation, and it contains many errors and omissions. If you're ever a teacher, I want you to write on someone's failing paper. You used the least reliable manuscript. <laughs> the later English translation by George Den and Stephen Guth, based on the earliest and most complete sources, is more scholarly and comprehensive. Den attributed authorship of the Book of Abramelin to Rabbi Yaakov Melin, Hebrew. I can't say that in Hebrew, a German Jewish Thalmudist. His identification has since been disputed. Huh. So it's a grimoire, and it's based on the epistolary oh. novel, an autobiographical of, in which Abraham of Worms describes his journey from Germany, his journey from Germany to Egypt, and reveals Abramelin's magical and Kabbalistic secrets to his son Lamech. A quick interlude. For those of you who don't know, a grimoire is a kind of spell book. It's like basically a book full of spells. It's pretty cool. Internally, the text dates itself to the year 1458. The story involves Abraham of Worms passing his magical and Kabbalistic secrets onto his son. Worms is just such a bad name for it's, a town. It's fucking Worms, okay? Sounds like you just like crawled out of the dirt. It's Germany. Worms. Google it. It's a nice place. I'm not going to Google it, but it sounds great. All right. Uh, it's like the name of a town, Garbage. We have Villa. Boyle, Alberta. Do we? You've never heard of Boyle, Alberta? No. It's, it's spelled B O Y L E. Boyle. Like Susan Boyle? Like, no, like boil on your face. Ew, get it off. I think that's spelled B O I L. No, that's Bull. B O I L is Boyle. B O I L? Boyle. Boyle? Yeah. No, it's not. That's to boil something. Yeah, that boil. No, it's spelled Boyle as in. 
hey, I look at my talking butt boil. Oh, that was a good episode. The yeah. Futurama. Not Brendan as a defect. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, back from boil to worms. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> what a great segue. The story involves Abraham of worms passing his magical and cabalistic secrets onto his son. Uh, cabalistic is just like... Of the cabal. Yeah. It's like different. Jewish cabal. It's, it's like, wah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't think it's like, wah. It's just like, intro- it's different magic, I guess. It's it's all, put it. all magic is different, man. Yeah, it's cabal. And tells how, was acquired, um, tells how he acquired the knowledge himself. Uh, Abraham recounts how he found Abram the mage living in the desert outside Egyptian town Araki, or Araki, which borders the Nile. Araki? <laughs> Not Araki, no. <laughs> Araki. Araki. Abramelin's home sat atop a small hill surrounded by trees. He was an Egyptian mage and taught a powerful form of Kabbalistic magic to Abraham. Hmm. He was a venerable aged man and a very courteous and kind. Venerable aged man? Venerable. So he was like very, um, like veteran, kind of like a venerable. He's no rememberable. Venerable. You venerate someone. I've never heard that term before. It's like to appraise them very. So he's like a high praised man. Cool. Yeah, and very courteous and kind. He discussed nothing but the fear of God. The importance of leading a well-regulated life and the evils of the acquisition of riches and goods. Of witches and goods? Riches and goods. Oh. So, like, owning too much and not giving. Meanwhile. Abramelin extracted a promise from Abraham that he would not give up his false dogmas and live in the way of the law of the Lord. And then he gave, and then gave Abraham two manuscript books to copy for himself, asking for ten gold florins which he took with the intention of distributing to 72 poor persons in Araki. Ten gold pieces to 72 poor people. Yeah. You just split them up. With what? Like an axe? A hammer? <laughs> I don't know. Gold's pretty light. Have you ever no. held gold? It's like no. moldable with your finger. How? When have you hold gold? I just know about gold. Mm. <laughs> I know what? it's malleable. I've just never held it. It's just like, yeah, it's malleable, really. I don't it's think not it's like you can mold it like clay, but you can like goop. cut it. Yeah. <laughs> goop. Gold goop. <laughs> that's, that's Play-Doh. That's gold Play-Doh. You're playing with Play-Doh. Gold goop. It's not worth anything. Stop Here's trying to sell it. Here's my No. <laughs> gold goop. <laughs> this is worth $72,000. Whoa. Literally pulling it out of a Play-Doh can. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Anyway, so basically, um, Abermelon made a promise to Abraham that uh, he would give up his false dogmas and live in the law of the Lord. And then Abraham translated, uh, he took two books and and just um, copied them out. He was like, yeah, make sure. To know they, to just change them, some answers so it don't look like you copied them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so after he copied them all out, um, Fifteen day, fifteen days later, uh, after having deposed, disposed of the payment money, Abramelin extracted an oath from Abraham to serve and fear the Lord and to live and die in His most holy law. Serve after and this, fear the Lord. Yeah, it's fear of God. Huh. I it's don't... like ninety percent of religion back in before eighteen. Fear of God meaning fear of displeasing or fear yeah. of God being like, don't hurt me. Fear of both of those things. So God's just like up there with a belt going like. Yeah, fear of God. Like, if you don't go to church every Sunday, the wrath of God will be on you. So fear God and pray to Him. But it doesn't make a lot of sense, no. 
Why? Hmm. Religions change a lot. You better love him or he'll beat you. Yeah. <laughs> what a healthy relationship that's, you're in. You know what the 16th century was like? In one big abusive relationship with God in Basically. Spain? Yeah. Fear of God. That's horrible. It's what they taught. Everybody had the fear that's of God. That's literally an abusive relationship. God-fearing folk. Like, huh. You you never clicked that together? No. So basically, this one guy was like, Man, I ain't afraid of God. He's like, I will make you afraid of God. He's like, ah, I'm afraid of God. Hit you with my Bible belt. And he's like, okay, well now that you're afraid of God, you now know magic. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're... <laughs> what the fuck? You're afraid of God, and you can you can now have divine science and true magic. Uh, I don't think that's the two principles that works. which he has to follow. So he God imbues his power into the people that love him so much. I am only good at science due to my belief in the tooth fairy. No, it's it's you have to fear God. Ah, tooth fairy. And then you have to because you fear him and you realize his power is real because he will hurt you if you don't. That's a fear of God. He will give you his power because you fear him. It's it's all just one big scam. Yeah. How they make? But this one guy rich. believed in the scam so good that he, and he got seventy two gold that he just randomly ran off with. And he's like, Woo! <laughs> Fifteen <laughs> days later, he came back and he's like, his... "Now you fear God." Bye. He got, his God he got magic. <laughs> sparkle, sparkle, magic. Uh, it's actually really funny. I was I was reading some of it out of curiosity, and one of the things was like, every month when your beauty wife is on her period, you must sleep in the other room and dispose of her, and make sure and all dispose the blood. of her. <laughs> like, make sure she's. You never contact her or anything during her time. Hey, if you ever dating a girl, whenever she gets a period, fucking ice her. She's yeah. done. Yeah. Get a new one. <laughs> Basically. It's not a woman. He's like, you cannot touch her. You cannot love her. You cannot even look at her. If I catch you looking at your wife, you have to, you're dis- come you have to burn your house. the sheets. If she was sleeping on sheets, it's recommended you take the sheets away from your wife. <laughs> All right, wife, sleep on this stone block, yeah. and we're gonna scrub it every morning. <laughs> Did they even have... When were tampons first like, Not used? in the 16th century. We did an episode about it on YouTube. I just don't remember when. That was like way back. I know. That's after World War II, basically. Huh. They were used as bullet plugs. <laughs> they had pads, I guess. They had like giant diapers anywhere. It's like, here's my blood loincloth. <laughs> Nothing makes me makes me want to love my wife more than seeing her in that big old stinky diaper. <laughs> <laughs> come nice. here, baby. Have some Literally, beer. come here, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Insane. Uh, I'm so creeped out. Go on, quick, quick, move on. So the book exists in the form of twelve manuscripts and an early printed edition. The provenance of the text has not been definitively identified. The earliest manuscripts are two versions that date from about 1608. Are written in German and now found in Wolfenbüttel. Wolfenbüttel? That's where they are now. They're in Wolfenbüttel, in Germany. Another two manuscripts are in Dresden and date around from 1700 okay. to 1750. Dresden is good. I like Dresden. Plus the copy that Nicholas Flamel had, which would have predated all of that and would have been like an original copy of the book. Germany needs to rename it. But that one's shit. just gone. Uh, the first printed edition version, sorry, <laughs> also in German, uh, dates to 1725 and was printed in Cologne by Peter Hammer. That's an okay um, name, I guess. A partial copy of Hebrew is found in the Bullion Library in Oxford and dates from around 1740. 
Hmm. Manuscript copies existed in French in the Bibliothèque de l'Arsenal in Paris. An institution founded <laughs> in 1797. Bibliotheca is Spanish for library. It's it's library attack. <laughs> library arsenal? <laughs> library attack. <laughs> it's the scariest library. <laughs> the war library. That's where that one is. Oh, the war library. Library attack. It makes, uh, sorry, I have to go back. It makes a lot of sense. Now you know what Kabbalah is. It's the Jewish magic. Um, the Jewish... Well, it's not magic. Uh, like, the Jewish faith is best known it's for... It's the Jewish faith. Do yeah. not confuse Jewish religion with magic. It's the cabal. It's cabalistic. It's not magic. It's if some of it is. Some of that's well, what I'm talking about. This is what the whole. It's the fear of God, and then the Jewish religion right. has, a, has a big like fear of God. You know what I mean? Sure. Did, what? <laughs> I nodded. Yes, sure. It sounds like you're not impressed with my conclusion. No, I got something in my eyeball. I think <laughs> it's, I right, think it's you. fear of God in yeah. my eye. No, you know magic. Huh, you're done. Cool. It's Kazam, you're a dog. No, I'm not. Mangy but Brendan. Ah! <laughs> Yokai Watch. The only show you can watch. We're not sponsored by Yokai Watch. We are sponsored by Yokai Watch. We are not sponsored by Yokai Watch. We are sponsored by fucking Yokai Watch. So the French copy disappeared. Bye. Book of Heaven Melon. And uh, a bunch of other, like an Italian one that exists somewhere, and then, like, it's in the Legato Martin Gango. I don't know how to pronounce it. But yeah, I can tell. Just be like, Italy Book of Magic, and then you'll find it. Not as good as Attack Library. But... Yeah, it's not in the Attack Library. <laughs> uh, so, it's it's got a, a bunch of, of stuff. And, and um, really, people are just like, I don't understand. Why? Huh, it doesn't even make sense. Why do I have to fear God? What if I don't like God? I... I feel like I'm, if you didn't love God, they were like, well, better put him on the rack until his bones are bent. You gotta fear God and love God. That's so stupid. You didn't, that's everything, every peasant, everyone, some kings didn't, but... Every peasant fears every, God. Yeah, they all feared God. They are like, yes, we didn't work hard enough, so we're peasants. So what about the God. loyal? What about God. the, like, I am rich, doing the dance? Why would they fear God? What? Shouldn't they have the exact same amount of... No. Great. That's how the system works. Punish the poor with fear. Yeah. Treat the rich with rich. Yeah. What are you... The middle class? They're just always fearing God. They're Why right. is God trickle down? It's God is trickle down. It I is. don't like it. You don't like how God's trickle down? No. Why not? God should not be trickled down economics. Like, you fear God, so you must give money to me. But I'm close to God, because my papa And was then a... all of a sudden, 72 reasons why I hate the church. <laughs> 13 reasons why I hate the church. That's 72. Get it right. Coming up next on the narratives, a new man comes to town. Spooky, spooky. A challenger approaches. He's actually not a spooky boy. I think you're going to like him. Um, Brendan and I watch his videos all the time. We went through this. One day we just sat on the couch and watched like eight in a row. Eight. Hmm. Huh, new low note. Nice. I like him a lot. He's a musician, comedian, actor. He had his own movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to watch it in preparation. I've been meaning to for a long time. (laughs) So uh, get excited. It's the next guy coming out next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And you can check us out under the narratives on all three of those. Yes. 
Yeah, the narratives, the narratives. Search up the narratives on any social media. Yeah, spell it right and you'll be fine. And look for our logo. You know it with the two heads. Yeah, the two heads looking. Looking. They're looking. <laughs> looking away from each other, which yeah. is nice. And you're listening to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Yep. We'd like to thank you for listening. And don't forget to stay tuned for next episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's coming up. If you're listening binge watch from season one all the way here and you've wasted like 160 hours of your life. But you're also gained my ultimate respect. Yeah. You're, if you're binge You're listen, here. And, and wow. You're, you're going on to the next one. I listen to like one podcast a day. That's a lot. I Have do fun. that, but I don't think I could do it one sitting. And don't forget to fear God so that you can unlock magic. Sponsored by Yokai Watch. No. Sponsored by